One used to be more than once an atheist If separation of church and prostate isn't what you think is best They're here to guide your way Cause talk about sex can be scary They're just two gals whose kink is being your missionaries Okay, here we are. Hello. Hi, it's Sadie. This is not a full sewed. This is a teeny sewed. A mini sewed. A teeny tiny mini sewed. Maddie's not even here. So, um, go ahead and quit listening because she's not here. <laughs> but it's just me. Um, we've spent so much time away from the pod. And with the outreach of new listeners, old listeners, people checking in, I just wanted to, I wanted to give a little check-in back, a little wave from ashore saying, we see you, hi, I see you. Uh, Both Maddie and I have been fairly busy dealing with a thing called life and working on creative pursuits, I guess you could say, in no small accomplishment, aka this is huge, Maddie, also known as Madeline Cutler, released a whole ass EP you heard me, whole ass EP, which is available to stream literally right now. So literally go right now. It's called Ocean Floor. So you just, you go right to Spotify and then you go ahead, you, you're, you're going to like it. You're going to save it. You're going to send it to a friend and you're going to boost it in all the ways that it needs to be boosted because the music deserves it. And so does Maddie. Madeline Cutler, Ocean Floor. You heard it here. You're going to go do it, okay? So the songwriting is done by Maddie, and it's low-key, high-key, moving as shit. I happened to go to one little type listening party, and I kid you not, no exaggeration, though I do that often, everyone there shed a tear because it's just so good. And it's also so cool. It's such an accomplishment to release an EP. So it's amazing she's very very talented i've seen maddie just crush in a variety of different fields but musically god it's a delight i think someone said there that one of the songs reminded them of like a song that would play in a an emotional scene of gray's anatomy which i wholeheartedly agree with it's that's high praise so go listen pick out if you can see which song that is and then let me know or and also go to maddie's ig and shower her with praise and love there and tell her your favorites her ig at madeline cutler music just beautiful it's a beautiful name it's a beautiful album okay i've also finished that guided journal that i've been harping on and on about i co-wrote that guided journal for supporting people through a faith crisis it's called my authentic faith it is available on amazon And it's a friendly support during what was for me a nightmarishly isolating and scary time. (laughs) So I was very glad to add that into the world with my friend who is a therapist. Her name is, uh, it's just a quick sidebar plug for her, might as well. Her name is Alexa Allred, and she works with people going through faith transitions as a therapist. So that experience, the faith deconstruction portion does a lot to the mental health. I can't even scratch the surface. If you happen to be one of those people, highly recommend a therapist. 
you could look into Alexa Allred again or anyone else around you. Uh, therapy is a wonderful tool for that particular time period and all of that stuff. So in addition to therapy, I'm very glad that we were able to create this little guided journal and it's been like, if I'm being honest and earnest, it's been heartwarming to see people use it and get value from it. And reminds me of that TikTok where it's like the girls who girl, girl or whatever. It's like, I feel like the people it's for, it's for. So I've been really excited to see people enjoy it and get use from it. And it has also led into another very interesting tidbit, which is now I'm working with one-on-one clients as a faith transition coach, helping people jump into a post-Mormon life. So essentially that space after the deconstruction where you're not dealing with intense mental health distress, you're really just needing support and someone who speaks your own language. And I have loved being this person for people. I feel weirdly it fits a lot of my skills and personality. So I still am myself. I sound just like this. I am as annoying as I've ever been, but I get to use (laughs) the tools and the program that I built with my friend Alexa and work with people one-on-one and be more of a friendly support and accountability source for people that want to come back to their own voice. So it's really nice to be in the position of coach. Everyone really is their own boss. It's really, it's really cool. So for the sake of sounding too earnest, I'll stop there. If you or someone you know is interested in this as well, this will be my last plug, I promise. You can find any of my information. DM me, reach out. All my links are in my social bios and love coming back to the community in this way. Like we all have certain, you know, we Matt, Maddie is really good about talking about the patriarchy, right? Capitalism, all these things that we have around us that are conditioning us. The Mormon church has its own specific brand of all of that. And it's really cool to see people grow from that and find their own way so i love it if i wasn't doing it i would judge myself you know but here i am i'm very i'm very excited and i'm actually very like hopeful i think it, i think it's been great so that's my last promo this is a teeny sode remember i'm not trying to keep you here forever really quick though are you or are you not which i want to say in a boston accent from uh what's that movie when he's like are you or are you not a fucking cop What is that? Is that The Departed? Anyway, I want to say, are you or are you not on ex-Mormon TikTok? Hashtag Ward666, which is hilarious to me. Or hashtag post-Mormon. Hashtag post-Mormon TikTok. Hashtag ex-Mormon TikTok. Ex-Mormon humor. There's a lot happening there. And it's mostly cathartic. It's mostly catharsis out the ass, which is all I can say about it. It's been really fun for me to connect with people on there and love that... I wasn't even on ex-Mormon TikTok until non-Mormon people kept sending me TikToks being like, is this true? Does this happen? What's happening with this? What what is the background on this? So I've learned a lot. (laughs) A lot of non-Mormons have learned a lot, which is a wonderful, weird, other missionary experience of people. I remember being in the church and wanting people to understand the church so badly. And now being out of the church, most people are learning about Mormonism through ex-Mormons interesting turn of events for me some tiktok accounts i could recommend are at lds discussions this might only land if you were mormon it's a respectful look but also 
critical eye at a lot of culture and doctrine, but there's a lot of first, a lot of quotes, a lot of really interesting stuff. If you're just looking for a little giggle and a chuckle at the culture, again, this might only be interesting if you've been in the culture, but at Chan Robertson is someone who used to be a Utah blogger and kind of do the t-shirts under a tank top situation and now is out of the church and making funny TikToks. I enjoy them. There's this other account that isn't actually an ex-Mormon account, but somehow is very popular among other <laughs> ex-Mormon TikTokers. And it's at Black Menaces, and it's the Black Student Union at BYU. And they're polling, a lot of their videos are basically polling members of campus about social issues, race issues, uh, Mormon-specific race issues. Honestly, you have to go. You have to go right now. <laughs> After you go listen to Maddie's album, you have to go look at Black Menaces on TikTok. The responses, the, the polling is very neutral, right? The students who are polling others are just asking plain questions. It's very, hey, do you support Black Lives Matter? And then they put the mic in someone's face. And it's really, all you need is a, a BYU student put on the spot and you have some real quality content. It's fucking hilarious and depressing. It's all of the things. So go <laughs> watch that and enjoy that. <laughs> the point of this mini-sode, which I, I don't know if you can tell, I'm trying to get through it in record time, is to pop on and talk about the existence and the prevalence of plant medicine in the Mormon community, and in particular, some of my experiences. What I'm trying to say is I've done mushrooms and ayahuasca with a lot of Mormons, <laughs> and I've even done these drugs in a house with multiple murals of Mormon temples. I can't fully explain the hold that this type of ceremony has on the Mormon community. There's so many ways to come at it. Oof, there's so many critical ways to look at this. I will just start from a general broad perspective. Here's the thing. There's a lot of mainstream initiatives going on right now to study and legalize the use of these medicinal plants, plant medicine, which are used in things called plant journeys, which is essentially group therapy with plant medicine. So the plants that are used are psychedelics. And these have been studied more and more as treatment for mental illness. John Hopkins has been studying it, which by the way, great name drop if you're like a friend of mine trying to convince your parents to do this type of therapy with you and <laughs> want to add credibility. I actually had a friend mention John Hopkins and then her mom ended up doing this experience with her. So lol that that worked. But in the John Hopkins studies, they first found that the major depressive disorder symptoms could be relieved for a month. And then in their later studies, they found that these substantial antidepressant effects would last at least a year for some patients. So really clutch info in this world where we are grasping at serotonin, any type of serotonin. So there's they're, they're adding to the scientific validity of it. Obviously, the roots of this from a lot of indigenous peoples and places like Peru, which I got to learn a little bit about at the Natural History Museum. They had a speaker come out and I'm going to read these names. So it's going to be, I sound like I'm reading what I'm reading. So here we go. The guest who spoke was Dr. Beatriz Labate, who's an anthropologist and executive director of Chacruna Institute for Psychedelic Plant Medicines. That's Chacruna 
Institute for Psychedelic Plant Medicines, C-H-A-C-R-U-N-A. They're a group who offers programs and events and educational resources for psychedelic plant medicines. They also give back to indigenous communities through the Indigenous Reciprocity Initiative. So it's a great resource. Her discussion was moderated by Dr. Yawande Pierce, who is a neuroscientist with a crazy background, very impressive background, and she hosts Sound of Science on Dunlab Radio and Inside Biotech, which is a podcast. Very, very cool. They talked a lot about the tension between activism and self-growth, what that looks like and the tension between identity politics and the sense of oneness that people get in these experiences and the polarizing sides and the coexisting sides of this type of spiritual ceremonies. Also giving nod to the origins and the fact that it's scientifically valid. Also very spiritual and connected to indigenous people. So it's not unlike, like if it's yoga, if yoga was illegal, (laughs) but a lot of what's happening is everyone approaching it Yoga is something that we've just embraced and you can find it pretty much completely just stripped of its culture anywhere. And you can also find places that nod to the culture and you can also find places that are very authentic. So that's essentially what's happening with this with these plant medicines and plant journeys. There's a lot of different interpretations and a lot of different approaches, but one of them that obviously is seems to be necessary is the scientific validity since a lot of it is still illegal in many states and many countries so a lot of scientists are really leaning on to the fact that it can statistically there's data and all this information that it can improve mental health and help with a lot of mental illnesses including addiction ptsd depression anxiety eating disorders a lot of stuff that Uh, people find to be what they call treatment resistant and they can really find a lot of help with using these psychedelic plants. I was personally interested in it for my one it was connected to a group that I knew and trusted it was a Mormon family that I knew who got into this sideways trying to find alternative medicines for cancer. So they were diagnosed with cancer, started going through chemo and all these things, and then were supplementing with a lot of holistic modalities. So they were like looking into all different ways to help support their healing journey. And one of them led them to these quote, plant journeys, which have taken over in Utah. They are all over. And not just by quote, Jack Mormons or ex-Mormons, it's active Mormons, the same people who won't drink a strong drink or a hot drink or coffee are just bombing themselves with psilocybin and ayahuasca in someone's backyard for the sake of therapy. And it's really interesting to me. And it was one of the reasons I was interested in it because I happened to know this family fairly well and it, it didn't seem that much of a leap of trust for me. I was like, oh, I know you guys. Like, that's that's fine. The other thing that interested me was its connection to the subconscious mind because I don't know if you've seen any of this information, but I remember reading for the first time about sub, our subconscious mind's hold on us and I felt accosting. Like I was reading this information and I felt like someone was just yelling at me, going like, hey, 
Um, you think you're making your own decisions, but did you know that 95% of your decisions and behaviors and beliefs are subconsciously programmed and you're just basically a big old baby walking around like a big old baby? (laughs) So that definitely (laughs) affected me. And I was very interested in the use of plant medicine for its effects on reprogramming neural pathways and kind of resetting your brain chemistry and working in your subconscious. So I was very interested for that aspect. The other thing was I have been diagnosed with PTSD and I have struggled with it. And so when this came up, I cannot lie, I was definitely drawn into the drama of it. Since I've I did have a PTSD episode that landed me in the emergency room a few years ago. And I won't tell, there's no trigger warning in this episode, so I'm not going to get into any any details of any kind. But the drama of going one night with a group and kind of resetting very much appealed to me. I was like, yes, I want that. Fix me, doctor. Which obviously that's not, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> you, you, yeah, that's not, that's not the approach. Anyway, I went to my first experience and I'll tell you something. My my side effects from the first experience and since, because I've now done four, I want to say, all, like I said, I think 90% of the people I was with were Mormon background, maybe more. And I'd say about half of that were active, fully active Mormons. Wild, very wild that that is real. Um, but one of the side effects, uh, well, I'll just tell you the whole list because it, one, increased my sense of just like well-being and peace, which was wild, uh, since I've had so many years of (laughs) depression and anxiety and, uh, PTSD. So I, I left with the just, I have since had a more stable sense of just general peace it reduced my depression symptoms, which I don't have any data on. So this is all, this is by feel. But I would value it at like 85% of reduction of depression symptoms. I think I really was just maintaining at a more lower depressive rate uh, before. And then now it, it really, it's just wildly different. It also just made me feel emotionally lighter and able to work through some stuff that I had intentionally been like, oh, I'm never gonna work on that. That's just a thing you work with, you know? And it somehow provided a way to kind of look and work through some stuff that I was like, oh, I just don't, that's not something I'm ever gonna really touch on, which is cool because, yeah, very <laughs> beneficial. Uh, the other thing that it did that's uh, in line with some of these, uh, but not the same, is it made me very annoying. <laughs> this whole process and still a little bit but not not as much I do feel I do feel the shift I'm coming back to more of a sense of my my previous personality but it just it shifted me I don't think COVID and lockdown helped with this at all but it it I had a flavor of social blindness just the and it's what was kind of touched on in the Natural History Museum discussion was I felt an obsession with personal growth that really distanced me from a sense of activism and 
something I had felt pretty aligned with before. So it was really interesting. I also couldn't listen with the same way that I could before to people. And I found myself feeling distant from things that I really loved or people I had previously loved. A lot of this aligns with information you can find on the Holistic Psychologist page. I found some of it really reached out to me of like, there are spaces in which you're working on something that kind of shifts your personality for a little. And I did feel that. So those are, that's the good and the bad. And you can take that for what you will. If I would have heard this before and someone said, you're going to be really annoying and you might be more spiritual, I honestly would not have done it. I would have been like, no, pass. That sounds, you know, especially because I had previously lived a lot more afraid of vulnerable moments. And so the fact that if you're like, so you're going to be super vulnerable, you're going to dig into your subconscious and it's going to make you really annoying. I would have been like, and spiritual, I'd be like, fuck right off. So I get it. I get the judgment around it. And I can say confidently, I would 100% do it again any day, even with the the weirdness and the experimenting gone wrong and experimenting on right. I really value what I got from my experience with it. It's just, an, plant medicine is, like I said, just another tool in the box. Like you can do a lot of stuff with very basic tools that we have, meditating, like literally walking. Like there's so many things that can help your mental health and help you care for yourself in in a similar way. And you don't, there's no world in which I would be like, oh, you need plant medicine or that I like couldn't have been happy without it um, at all. But man, did I enjoy the ride? And it's why I joke, jokingly say now, like I tell everyone to do mushrooms. I don't actually. And if you're not comfortable dabbling, don't, don't do it, okay? But if you have any inkling, fucking do it. <laughs> and text me when you do, okay? Because I want to know and I want to hear about it. There's something about the experimenting and being vulnerable in that way that, you know, you're going to get things wrong. That's just how I feel. But you're also going to find things that really matter to you. And you're going to get things that you're going to also get things right. So I, I do recommend it. There's a lot of fear around some of this stuff, and man, do I love it. I ended up in a moment of vulnerability before. I feel like I need to sign off because this is supposed to be a mini-sode. I had experiences. I had a friend who, active Mormon LDS, I asked for her permission to share this tidbit of her story. She had suffered a lot of various forms of abuse at the hands of men and thus felt extremely uncomfortable around most men besides her husband, including men in the church and in the temple. So part of her worship, very uncomfortable. Even sometimes the thought of Jesus, she was not on board with. The effects of this type of medicine and the stuff it can do to your subconscious mind. I probably could have had conversations with her over and over and over about how she shouldn't feel guilty for having distance between her and her deity. like. If that's your God, that God, your God does not judge you for being afraid of men or having this, wanting to have this space. Like, no, no one's judging you. You shouldn't judge you. God doesn't judge you. I could have talked to her for days and days and days. But the feeling of knowing that it's okay is very different than the conversation. And so while we could have talked about it a ton, the thing that helped her really get past this guilt that she had of feeling guilty that she was afraid of men 
was she literally spoke to Jesus during one of these plant journeys. And Jesus, he didn't talk to me, by the way, which rude. Like if he was there, he should have come say hi. I've done a lot for, you know, in his name. But he, he went to her and told her, she was like, hey, can I, can I uh, touch your beard? And he was like, oh, for sure. And so she touched his beard. And then she said to him, you know, I'm really not comfortable being around you right now. And he said, oh, totally cool. Don't worry about it. If you want to pray to somebody, you can pray to your heavenly mother instead. You don't need to pray to me. Like, do whatever makes you comfortable. And she was so emotional and so moved and was like, thank you, Jesus. Bye. Like, see you later. And then instead spent time feeling like she was talking to a female deity and like had this whole experience of it could be real to her. It could not be. It The feeling is the takeaway. And the effect that like that moment of talking to God and him being like, you're cool, we're cool, is a feeling that is not easily <laughs> obtained in just conscious conversation of being like, you know, God doesn't judge you. <laughs> Very different, really cool. Just one of the stories that I tell of like a glimpse into what this is because it's wild. It's also wild that you do it communally and share the space, which is one of the theories I have of why Mormons are comfortable and why they've been so drawn to this. One, it's personal growth, which Mormons are taught early on. Perfection's attainable, so you should try. <laughs> and thus you have a, just a horde of people desperate to be better. And I think this scratches at that. Two, it's very communal, uh, which is le- leans into the space of testimony meetings, church meetings, youth meetings. You spend a lot of time sharing your feelings and connecting with people, whether you're close with them or not, about stuff that's very personal to you. So it's very normal. Like I just got used to seeing my friend's dads cry all the time talking about their families. It's just something that's done. So that communal aspect I think is a draw and it's inherently spiritual. There's a ceremonial element to it, but there is a general sense of spirituality there. And so that I think is also appealing even though it's not an LDS church approved activity. I've even done this with Norm. I took Norm to one of these things in like a very much like a couples counseling situation where I was like, we can do couples counseling and we should, but we should also <laughs> do a plant journey together and really kick down these doors and see what see what's going on. <laughs> like very bold, very vulnerable can't recommend it enough honey and if you want to hear any of these tidbits funny these stories i will share them i would gladly talk to anyone about these experiences happy to talk about it i won't share all these details here again because trigger warning all that stuff for time etc but just know i've literally done this with my boyfriend and a bunch of mormons and his perspective on the mormon aspect of it mind-blowing he was walking around going there like is every Mormon suffering abuse? Like what is going on with the level of abuse in this room? Like the men, the women, all different ages, everyone here. He's like, what is happening? And I was like, listen, Norm, not all of us are coming from your little norm, your norm hut where everything's just chill. (laughs) There is a lot of abuse going on. Yeah, that 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 is the case. So it's really interesting, actually, and valuable to me to have a different set of eyes on some of the stuff that is 
very culturally Mormon and just if anyone if anyone fucking cares it's one of those things where I do I approach most things now like if you want it you want it if you don't you don't like this might not be for I might anything I say might not be for anybody but if it's for you then it's for you (laughs) god I wish Maddie was here she would really really have some good perspective on the appropriation aspect and capitalistic nature of a lot of this this wellness space but just for now we'll leave it at that and have it be an ongoing it's an ongoing discussion remember to go listen to ocean floor by madeline cutler and message her and let her know what your favorite ones are and tell me too okay that's it little teeny sewed i hope everyone's doing very well and thank you for all your messages and etc i can't get a woman alone okay well I what's want, up fam I, <laughs> nope yo what's up fam we're saying goodbye say goodbye fam Goodbye, fam. Okay, goodbye. Refreshments are served in the cultural hall. Now go touch yourselves. Bye.